this is my full-time job and I'm just putting in more than what is required. And, and my work never stops. All I need is a technology and a great computer. And I don't have a specific schedule. So that is why it makes it a lot easier to put in more time. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Today's show is sponsored by Fortress Capital, a private equity company that I founded to help physicians build passive income through commercial real estate. Being a physician is a high-stress job, and building passive income streams is key to not feeling trapped in that job. Build your financial fortress with Fortress Capital. Welcome. Today, we are here with Vish Mooney. Vish has a special place in the world that he is married to a physician, and he is a commercial real estate operator. Welcome, Vish. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on your Surgeon Syndicate show. It's great to have you here. So tell us a little bit more about you. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk. And a little about my background is I am married to a full-time doctor, and my wife is from a family of doctors. Her dad was a general surgeon, her brother was a cardiologist, and she's a full-time internal medicine doctor. And apart from that, my background is I was a technology entrepreneur for 15 years, and real estate was my primary passion. And me and my wife started a company in 2009 called Duplexaholics. Yes, not alcoholics, but it sounds like that because we both love real estate. Primarily, the reason why we started that was we thought we'll buy one duplex a year for 10 years. And we'll all be set having owning 10 duplexes. And with that intention, we started. But like anything, everything looks good in the beginning. But as you go along, things change. But after five years, we started facing a lot of challenges. And fast forward. Now, 10 years, I decided to pause and educate myself on doing bigger deals. And now I'm full-time into being a commercial real estate investor. All right. With buying the duplexes, was that you figured if you bought one a year for 10 years with 10, they would generate enough income for what you were looking for from an income standpoint? Well, that was the only thing we knew. We thought that was the best thing to do. And we got excited with the very thought of a duplex. Instead of having a 100% vacancy if a single family tenant leaves, we thought we'll at least balance the risk by at least having 50% occupancy or 50% vacancy. And little did we know that there is multiple ways and a thousand ways to do real estate. Isn't it amazing? Like, if you hadn't done the duplex, wouldn't have gotten to where you're at now. It's yeah. kind of you jump in and you get going, and then you start to see other things that go, oh, maybe that's a better way. And you kind of work your way through it. Right. Yeah. That's what happened. That 10 years taught me what not to do. 10 years' time was a lot of time and made a lot of mistakes. But did that mistakes make me a better person? Yes. Did I learn from it? Yes. That was the most expensive learning experience I've had in 10 years. You said both you and your wife were interested in it. Did you have family members or previous exposure to landlord or real estate? I grew up in India 
And my grandfather was a real estate investor and is a buy and hold. He built all the properties by himself, by himself in the sense they were all ground up construction. And at one time, as a family, we owned 30 rental properties in India and we self-managed all that. But doing business in different parts of the world comes with different challenges. And we still own a lot of real estate in India. So I'm the third generation real estate entrepreneur. Okay. We did have some experience, but as you go along, things change. How you do business change because you become more educated investor and things change. You got to go with different cultures, different technology, different regions, different tax structures. So were the places that your family owned in India residential properties? Yeah, they were all residential except for one property, which was a commercial property. And right now, that commercial property, they still own that property after 50 years. Can you believe it? (laughs) You can imagine, even if you had paid one-tenth of it, it's paid off long back. And it's still cash flowing. It's almost like a family heirloom now. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) It's like the grandfather clock. You have to keep it. He was my first mentor. And like anything, if you get it for free, you don't add too much value. And I did not realize till I came to the United States that my grandfather was mentoring me all along. Oh, that's awesome. Did your wife have any background in real estate? My wife, she did have an interest in real estate, but she was more academic. So she was all the time into being a good doctor because her father was a general surgeon. Her parents did own some real estate at one point, but they were not fully into it. Okay. So you came into it with a little bit of background, and you're aware of the doctor mindset from your wife and your family. What would you say to a doctor who's coming into it, and they've been in that go-to-school-and-work mode and have no exposure to real estate? What advice would you give them for getting started? Well, first and foremost, I need to thank every doctor in the world, taking so much of their time from the personal life and to be so passionate about taking care of people. I need to thank them. And the next is, what advice would I give them is to diversify their time. Since you already put in so much of time and you're so dedicated to patient care, and you don't realize you're slowly burning yourself out by working so hard. And my wife gets back home. She's more exhausted. It's like she's ran a marathon every day. And mentally, it is extremely challenging because She and I'm sure I can relate it to a lot of doctors. They feel bad that they're not able to spend so much quality time with the loved ones, with the parents, with the spouse, with the children, and they're missing out on all the special events. I mean, money is one factor, but money is not getting them back their time. What they need is more important. And that is why I tell people, it's okay to have that passion, absolutely nothing wrong. But you need that money coming in when you're not working. You need the time. So that is my most important position. Learn another skill. And that's for a lot of docs. Like you said, you're slowly burning yourself out. And I went through that where then you start feeling this pressure to maybe even work harder so you can put money away or it's hard to step away. But having that other income stream, the sooner it starts and starts to build, takes some of that pressure off and often makes it easier to keep being a doctor. It kind of saves your career or allows you to work less so you can keep working some. 
that really hits home. And I wish I had understood it when I was much younger. Right. But you have a different mindset as a professional. I mean, we all think that what we're doing is the best. We don't need to learn another skill. That one has to change. And the first is acceptance. You got to accept that you need another skill. You need another stream of income. That is the first step. And the next is, even if you want to change, what is it which is sustainable? What is it where it is still working when you're sleeping or when you don't feel like getting up? Or sometimes you really need that extra two hours of sleep. Or sometimes you fall sick, a normal human being. I mean, you need to go watch your daughter's game, your son running. Now, special events in life are not going to wait. And is the money working hard for you while you're spending time on all these things? Yeah. And you hit this point where all of a sudden, my kids are both finishing high school and you look back and you go, how many things did I miss? I wish it would have been there. So you spend a lot of time around doctors. How do most of the doctors react when they hear about you and your wife's involvement with commercial real estate? Well, they like it initially, but then again, they want to know how is she involved in it, in the real estate. But she's slowly getting into it. She analyzes properties with me. She does the property tours with me. But she's waiting for me to step up. And once we get to a point of we are at 70% of our passive income, financial freedom goal, and then she's going to step back. So right okay. now, I need to thank her for supporting me in my investments. But yes, her friends are interested in knowing what she's doing and how she's doing and how me being in real estate full-time is helping her and what is she learning. So she's slowly educating them. And I also tell them, you don't need to leave your job. You can just take a step back and slow down. If you're passionate about taking care of your patients, you don't need to leave them high and dry. Instead of working 10 hours a day, you can work for six hours a day and spend the rest of the time learning a new skill. And it's easier to be passionate when you can do it on your schedule. If you have to go work 10 hours, but you'd rather work six, sometimes hard to be passionate for 10 hours. So you say that she's supporting you, but it's interesting that the time you're putting in is supporting both of your future. And I think it's a great symbiotic relationship. Well, it is. It all comes down to one is having a spouse as a medical professional. And the biggest challenge is the relationships because it's extremely stressful being a doctor. And I can relate to it. So I understand the pain. I understand the challenges. But on the flip side, if I don't care about her emotions, if I don't care about my spouse's emotions, if I'm all caught up in my business, Like now I'm late for this podcast. The reason being because I had to go pick up my daughter. I'm extremely passionate about what I do, but in the interest of time and interest of what I'm doing, if I had only told my wife or my daughter, why don't you take a Uber back? I can't come there to pick you up. The simple things could trigger a big fight. It's nice that your schedule maybe has a little more flexibility to it. Right. Yeah. So... It all comes down to that. It all comes down to relationships and how much you support each other and what is important. So we were talking a little bit right before we started recording here about, so you are considered a real estate professional because of the time you spend on it. And so I'm going to throw the disclaimer here that this is for educational purposes and not advice. Talk to your tax advisor, but Tell us a little bit about the benefits when you have a high W-2 
earner when the spouse is a real estate professional? Well, like you, Mike, I need to also say that this is only for educational purposes and please do your own research and you come to your own conclusions and you need to consult with your CPA. So I'm not a tax professional. So what uh, I feel as a real estate professional, I should be spending X amount of time on real estate related activities and it has to be a material participation. I can't be reading about real estate and say I'm a real estate professional. So what I meant by material participation is I need to walk the properties. I need to physically go visit the properties. I need to talk to the contractors. And I need to be physically doing a lot of work, not just reading about the contracts and sitting in the office. And for me, I have two different situations. I could claim myself to be a real estate professional. Number one, this is my full-time job. And number two, I'm a real estate agent, which means I'm talking to sellers or buyers and negotiating on their behalf and also doing business development every now and then. And also, I'm a full-time commercial real estate investor and talking to different brokers, talking to different potential partners and marketing and educating potential investors at all time. And I'm also negotiating deals and I'm talking to lenders, talking to contractors. So it's a full-time job and I'm just putting in more than what is required. And my work never stops. All I need is a technology and a great computer. And I don't have a specific schedule. So that is why it makes it a lot easier to put in more time for me. So for me, because my wife's not a real estate professional, all of the tax benefits of commercial real estate, most of that being depreciation of property, can only benefit me from a tax standpoint for other capital gains. And again, in more detail, talk to your tax professional. But if the other spouse is a real estate professional, now those W-2 earnings of the high W-2 earner, the depreciation that's normally a capital depreciation can actually go against that W-2 income. So it has this magnified effect in situations where you have a high W-2 earner and a real estate professional in one relationship. Yes, you offset one losses against another income. And only if you're a real estate professional, you can do it because you can't just take your passive income or passive losses and do it if you're not a real estate professional. You can't just do one deal and say, I'm a real estate professional. But if one spouse is doing the extra picking up the kid from school, the stuff that's hard to do as a doctor, but with a more open schedule as a real estate professional, the impact that has on tax savings can be substantial. And I wish it was something I knew about 20 years ago. Over time, that really be a big multiplier. Yes, it all adds up. Like For instance, I can always claim babysitting expenses. I can always claim dropping my daughter and taking care of her, spending three hours a day and all these things. But I don't need to do that because I'm a real estate professional. I don't have a set schedule, but I need to show so many hours at the end of the week or at the end of the month, and which I do by default anyhow. So this is an ongoing learning experience because 10 years back, nobody knew what is real estate professional. And we learn as we go along and the more real estate we do, the more we're learning about the terminologies and how things can be applied to our real estate investing. 
And this is when I tell people that when I first asked my accountant about it, they had no idea. And I say, ask your accountant. If your accountant doesn't know, go find an accountant who's well-versed in real estate investing so they can help you find all the benefits that go with it. Right. Because I tell people, as a medical professional, you guys work really hard and you need a break. You need downtime also. And it's sort of challenging at times where you're on call the weekends and holidays and you're still going on a holidays with your laptop, with your pages, with your phones. And you're physically there, but you're mentally not there. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to how much you are in it. Because when you go on a holiday, when you go to a restaurant to eat, you're not there physically. You're physically there, but not mentally there because you're still worried about certain things. And these are the little, little things which all add up. So that is why it is equally important. I mean, people would say that, oh, real estate, I don't know anything. I have the money, but I don't have the time. That is where the education comes into place. So how you can still benefit from real estate being a passive investor. And that is why I feel educating yourself is more important before you decide which real estate. And everybody's looking at things, what alternative incomes is different. And education is the key. That is my primary goal is to educate people and find out what is their biggest why. Why do they need an alternative income? Why aren't they happy? If they're not happy, why are they not happy? Why do they need other income? So you said you started out with duplexes and then moved on. What was it that drove you to move on past duplexes? Well, what really happened is after five years, we had a good portfolio of uh, duplexes, fourplex, and single-family homes. And the lenders started telling us, wait a second, I think we're giving you too much money, and you put in very little money, and you own a lot of real estate. I think we need to put brakes on this, and we want you to, most of them are maturing and balloon. I had to pay them back, and I didn't have the money. And I started getting into creative financing that is a uh, 0% APR on credit cards and the business line of credit. And I had maxed out all these things. And after six or seven years, and I had, then all these uh, brokers, all the real estate brokers, were showing me and my wife deals about apartment complexes, a 100 unit for a million dollars or $2 million. I was looking at her and asking, wait a second, this looks interesting, but I don't know what to do with this offering memorandum. I don't even know where to start leave alone what to look for. And then where am I going to get this money from? $2 million. I don't have that. And that is when the curiosity kicked in to find out we are doing something wrong out here. Other side, we are getting pressure from all the lenders telling them that we need to pay them back. And people are doing these bigger deals. And who are these people doing these bigger deals? Yeah, so that's really amazing how opportunities can be thrown right in front of us. And sometimes it's hard to see the opportunity or know what to do with it. Please join us for the second half of our interview with Vish. When he comes back, we're going to discuss further how he acted upon these opportunities that were showing up in his inbox that he knew he needed to act upon I didn't know how to get there. So join us for the second half and we'll see you soon. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you got value from this episode, you know other surgeons are hungry to become job optional and you can help them by sharing this content today. I'd also love to serve you better. So I wanted to offer you two things. 
Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you take a moment and leave an honest written review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help you. Schedule a call and we can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.